Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 is uh, where we're going to be. We're going to look at a uh, start a new series of uh, services uh, with today, starting in Galatians 2. And what I want to have us look at is, is, is thinking about the choices that we make in life, the choices that we include, uh, I mean, everything that we do, whether we realize it or not, leads to another choice, another uh, aspect of life. And everything that we choose to do many times changes the course of our life. It was June 28, 1914, that a wrong turn changed the course of history. Uh, June the 28th, 1914, Duke Franz Ferdinand and, uh, was the heir of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. He and his wife Sophia had gone to uh, Bosnia to, uh, to look over and to tour the area. They had just recently annexed um, that area. And they were in Sarajevo to uh, to kind of be uh, to show a presence there in Bosnia, and uh, uh, there was a lot of unrest because the people of Sarajevo and and Bosnia didn't like the fact that the Austro-Hungarian Empire was was showing its uh, might and force to to kind of annex that area, and so there was a lot of of. Uh, unrest and many of you know that uh, they uh, had uh, decided to to drive through that area in an open car and uh, a terrorist had come out and thrown a grenade at their uh, uh, their procession of cars and did not hit the archduke and his wife, but rather hit some of their of the people in their uh, entourage there, their procession of cars, and so uh, it was later in that day that that the archduke and his wife decided that they would go to the hospital to visit some of the people that were hurt. And as they were driving, the the driver accidentally made a wrong turn and instead wound up in some uh, traffic jam where they their car stopped in the front of a cafe. And another terrorist came out of the cafe and pulled a gun and gunned down uh, uh, the Archduke uh, Ferdinand and his wife Sophia. Those actions, as you know, uh, changed the course of history in that it led to over 10 million soldiers being killed in war, millions of other civilians who were injured in the crossfire, and it led to a uh, young man being in the uh, German army uh, who later uh, we would know as Adolf Hitler, uh, who rose to prominence and uh, uh, led to World War II uh, after that great conflict in uh, 1914. And uh, 
over 50 million soldiers and civilians died as a result of those actions. So we see that one wrong turn uh, continued to compound to lead to one thing after another that caused the death of millions of people and caused the lives of so many people to to be changed forever as a result of it. Uh, One wrong turn in our own life can cause us to be led down the wrong path, the wrong uh, uh, one wrong judgment can cause us to 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 not do something or to do something that changes the course of our life. And so, what I want to talk about these three weeks that we're going to be studying about uh, uh, life in in general is is making the right turn. Uh, that's going to be kind of our theme of making the right turn. We're going to look at, of course, all of us. Uh, Die, and all of us will face a day in which, and that's isn't that just a wonderful rosy thing to talk about on a Sunday morning dying? Well, the reality is, is that all of us die at some point, unless the uh, Lord returns before we do. And so, I want to look at at dying right and living right, and making sure that we live in eternity right. And so, uh, I happen to believe that all of us are headed to an eternity. We're going to spend eternity somewhere whether it's in the presence of God or away from the presence of God. So we're going to look at some making some right decisions and making some right choices. And it starts today in uh, Galatians chapter 2 with learning how to live right. And if you'll take your Bibles and look at that uh, passage of Scripture, uh, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This, of course, is uh, uh, written by Paul, who is writing to the church at Galatia. And these people that he's writing to have uh, a difficulty in that they are caught up in an understanding of of living by the law. And and Paul's writings before this passage of Scripture uh, that we focused on today is all talking about how uh, life uh, in Christ is not uh, summed up and our relationship to God is not summed up with laws. And what what Paul is, is combating is, is this mentality of, well, if we just follow the law, if we do what the law says. And you know, uh, in spite of the fact that most of us here probably are not of Jewish persuasion, you've got a lot of people that continue to try and live that way today. The Jewish mentality was as well. I've been born into the uh, the life of Abraham, the the children of Abraham. So I'm chosen of God. All I have to do is I have to go to uh, worship and worship a certain way, and God is going to accept me. And you've got a lot of people today that are that have the same mentality, the same idea, the same uh, 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 mindset. Even though that that none of us are children of Abraham. In fact, that that we're Jew, uh, we're not Jewish. We're what well, uh, the Jewish person would consider to be a Gentile. That's anybody outside of the Jewish persuasion. And yet, you've got people to this day that still live this kind of mentality. In that they think, well, I was born into a Christian home. 
I have good Christian parents. And most of you could probably say that. You know, I grew up in a good Christian home and, and we went to church on a regular basis. And we went to church. Uh, I, you know, I, I could say that of myself. I went to church and my parents were, uh, my daddy was a deacon. My mama sang in the choir. My mama uh, uh, sometimes was a Sunday school teacher. My daddy sometimes taught Sunday school. I live in a good Christian home. And, and so a lot of people take that security in saying, you know, I come from a good Christian home. We went to church on a regular basis. And they think as long as they continue to go to church and that they continue to show up every t- now and then to church, that everything will be alright. That God is going to accept them when they uh, come knocking on the pearly gates uh, at the end of their life. That everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out. And Paul's trying to help the Jewish pers- mentalities understand that there's more that God expects. And we need to understand that as well. Even though you might have grown up in a good uh, Christian home, you might have gone to church on a regular basis, just simply going to church doesn't make you a Christian, doesn't make you a child of God, doesn't make you someone that uh, that uh, God delights in. Now, I want to tell you, you probably have a better standing, uh, you have a, a, he- a better head start in life in the fact that you do uh, live and uh, come from a good Christian home and that you do uh, come to church. But that's not the whole enchilada. That's not the whole thing. That's not everything that is required of a person uh, before they come to know Christ. Uh, What Paul is saying is here, he says, I am crucified with Christ. He says, first of all, you need to understand that it is more than just simply being someone who goes and worships in his case, more than someone that just goes and worships at the temple. In our case, more than just someone who shows up to church on Sunday. It's more than just simply that. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Now what does that mean? What does it mean for a person today (coughs) to say that they are crucified with Christ? Paul is saying here that he says, my life is summed up in that it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives. He He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He says, I am... My life is such that I, Paul says, I associate with the fact that I have, what Paul is talking about here is is that his relationship with Christ is not just simply acknowledging the fact of who Jesus is. This is something else that people today have a hard time. It's not just simply that we go to church. And secondly, it's not just simply that we know who Jesus is. I know who Donald Trump is. I know that he is the President of the United States. That doesn't mean that I have a personal relationship with him, does it? It doesn't mean that, that if I called up the White House and I said, hey, it's, it's Carl Stokes. I'm calling to speak with Donald Trump. He knows me. I know him. I, he knows me. No. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that he'll uh, uh, pick up the phone and talk with me. It doesn't mean that he'll invite me over to the White House and sit down and have dinner with him and and, uh, sit by the, the roaring fire and have a good chat and anything like that. None of that is is 
something that's going to happen just simply because I know who Donald Trump is and that he's the President of the United States. None of that happens. I, I know who uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth is, but that doesn't mean she's going to invite me over to London and invite me over to Buckingham Palace and invite me into uh, uh, the palace there and have uh, a weekend with her and her family. No, it doesn't mean any of that. And in the same way, just because you know who Jesus is and that He died on the cross and that He uh, died so that, that people might have salvation doesn't mean that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Just knowing who He is and what He's done doesn't make you a Christian. Paul says uh, that he is crucified with Christ, meaning that he has given himself over to Christ and that Christ lives in him. Now, Paul says something here that is interesting. Most of us would probably say, okay, uh, preacher, so if I, just, if I not only know who Jesus is and I know that He has uh, uh, died on the cross to be a substitute for me to take upon Himself the sins that I've committed and that, that He has allowed me to be clean because of the fact that uh, of my sins, because of the fact that He died on the cross for me, and I accept that, then that means that I'm a Christian. Well, you're getting there. You're getting close. That's a necessary first step. You have to accept Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior of your life. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as uh, the substitute the uh, the Bible says it's the propitiation. That means more than just substitute. If if I have a summons to go to court and I'm required to, to show up at Mitchell County Courthouse on a certain date at a certain time and appear before uh, the court there, can I get Robin to go for me? because I don't feel like going? Can I get you to go for me because uh, I feel like you would be better for me? No, no, uh, that, that doesn't really work. Even with a certain amount of money, uh, it doesn't mean that, that, that you can go and show up there for me. It means that I have to go and show up. Okay, so just simp simply having a substitute go there doesn't mean it meets the criteria, does it? And Jesus simply being your Savior doesn't mean that He just simply went to the cross in your place. It means that only He could go to the cross for you. Only He. The propitiation means that He is... He meets every criteria that only He could go and be on the cross for you. That otherwise you would have had to go in, uh, instead. You would have had to go to the cross and die for your sins and face the judgment of the cross because of your sins. But Jesus is the only one that could go because He meets the criteria. He and He alone met the criteria. That would mean that, and it would be more than just simply saying, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to hire a lawyer and he'll go up there and face the judge for me. Even that doesn't work in most cases. In some small petty things like a traffic ticket or something like that, you can get a uh, someone else like a lawyer to go in your place and he meets some of the criteria. But in, in, in a case of, of uh, most circumstances, 
dealing with the law, you have to go. And in this circumstance, Jesus Christ is the only one who could go and be in your place. And He not only stood there as a representative of you, like a lawyer would, but He also took the punishment for you. He took the penalty for you. He died on the cross for you. And so Paul here is saying that he gives his life to Jesus because he is... Uh, he went to the cross, but he also says, not only did I accept Jesus, but he says, I have also placed myself on the cross. This is, now what you have to understand is, is that you, when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life, you accept Him as your Savior, but you also have to be willing to give, offer up yourself on the cross. You might say, well, wait a minute. Jesus went to the cross, so I don't have to die on the cross. Yeah, that's right. But you have to also be willing to, die, uh, to put your, uh, as Paul put it in Ephesians, to put your old self on the cross. To put your old nature, your old person on the cross. And he's talking figuratively now, not literally as Jesus went to the cross. Paul's saying, I have died with Christ, meaning I have put my, what we would call today in psychological terms, our id, our ego, our who we claim to be, the decision-making part of our life is what the id and the ego is. It, it is the summation of what makes you who you are. It is what... Uh, so Paul is saying, listen, I have died with Christ in that I have accepted Jesus as my Savior and I have placed myself on the cross. So it's no longer that I that live, but Christ lives in me. He's saying, look, Jesus took my place on the cross, so now Jesus takes my place because I've accepted Him. I no longer live. He lives. And so what we have to understand is, is the first right turn that we take in life is to decide that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's what Lord and Savior means. It means that, that we not only accept the free gift of salvation, but that we allow ourselves to be put to death and allow Jesus Christ to live. That everything that I am is no more and everything that He is lives in my place. He lives, not I. And so Paul says, uh, I, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He says, secondly, not, now the first step is, is to allow Christ to live in your place and to die on the cross with Him. Second thing is, is that he says, and in doing that, I live by faith. This is how I allow Jesus Christ to live in my place rather than I living in His place. He says, he says, I live by faith in Jesus Christ. He says, it's not my life anymore, so now I live in, not in the flesh, but I live in the faith in the Son of God.
Now this goes in hand in hand with what we discussed uh, this morning during Sunday school. And by the way, if you're not coming to Sunday school, you're missing out a lot. You need to be here for Sunday school every Sunday morning. It's just a tremendous thing because so many of the things that, that we discuss and we study in the Scripture during worship is just reinforced with all the discussion and all the uh, wonderful study that we accomplish during Sunday school. So I encourage you to be here for that. Uh, Paul says, I live by faith. The way in which I allow Christ to live in my place rather than I live is through faith in Jesus. Now, we understand what it means to live by faith. But we don't understand truly what Paul is trying to say about living in faith. When Paul said that I have crucified myself and I and Christ lives in my place. He's talking about giving total devotion over to Jesus. And this is, is, was deadly, a deadly decision for Paul. Because during his time, when he was, you know, when we, when each morning when uh, classes start throughout our nation, we have children that stand and they say the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, at least they're supposed to. Um, and they have a time in which they do that. And uh, we do that in our freedom, that we salute our flag because of the freedoms that we enjoy because of it. <laughs> but in Paul's day, where he lived, he was living under Roman rule. So uh, this is uh, they required something much more than just simply a pledging of allegiance. They uh, required that the citizens who lived under Roman rule, see Caesar, the Roman king or the Roman uh, uh, leader, uh, if, if someone came up to you, you had to uh, devote yourself to Caesar as if you were devoting yourself to a god. So uh, if someone, a soldier came up to you and they asked you who is Lord, they would, uh, your response had better be Caesar is Lord or else they could take out their sword and kill you on the spot. And so for Paul to say that Jesus Christ was, uh, uh, that he was crucified and, and he was uh, showing his devotion to Jesus Christ meant that he would say, instead, Jesus is Lord. And this was a rally cry for early Christians, really, was uh, for uh, Christians to come together and, and profess that Jesus Christ was Lord, not Caesar, not anyone else. No other allegiance could, would they uh, show. And so if they were uh, confronted by a Roman soldier and said, who's Lord of your life? And they said, Jesus is Lord, their life would be over. And so it meant so much more for Paul to say that he lived by faith because he was living under the faith in Jesus Christ, the faith and trust in Him. When we talk about faith, we think about faith in terms of, of believing that Jesus will take us into heaven when we die. Living in faith, trusting in Jesus for uh, our salvation, trusting in Jesus for the fact that He is, is saving us of our sins and, and, and trusting in Jesus and uh, 
believing in Him. And, and many of us, we don't really truly face a challenge to that until we come into a time where we're going through a period of time of, of our health declining or going through a period of time where we're facing a challenge because of financial troubles or we are uh, going through life and we face a difficulty because of some circumstance that arises. But we really don't truly face the challenge that Paul and other Christians faced when he says that I live by faith. It meant that he trusted in Jesus Christ and he was turning all of his decisions, uh, decision matters over to Jesus and turning all of those things over to him. So for us today, what would that mean for us? Paul depended on on Christ and depended upon his faith in Jesus Christ to lead him and guide him. And, And Paul was one of the first Christians during that time that truly had to to have the kind of mentality that we have today because Paul lived during a time where uh, he was a Christian (coughs) and Jesus wasn't actually walking on (coughs) on the earth that Jesus had already died on the cross and risen and was in heaven. And Paul came into the faith after Jesus had done that. Uh, he, he was living during a time in which Jesus was alive, but now uh, he came, but he came, did not come into faith in Jesus until after Jesus had uh, been crucified and ra- rose and uh, ascended into heaven. We do that too. We live during a time where we don't actually uh, uh, walk around with Jesus, you know, where we can come up and give Him a big hug and all that kind of thing. So what does it mean to live in faith? It means to allow Jesus Christ to to be the guide, the, the determining factor in the things that we do. Paul said that uh, he lives in faith and what he meant was is that every decision that he made, every decision that he uh, faced in his life, that he allowed God and uh, his faith in Jesus Christ to determine what he would do. That means uh, when he rose in the morning, what he faced for the day, Jesus was the one that would decide what he would do. For you and me, that would mean when we get up in the, uh, that we would have to depend on, uh, that we would allow Jesus Christ to, to let us, uh, help us to rise in the morning to know when we're supposed to give up, get up, uh, the decisions that you make. Uh, most of us think about those things in terms of, well, uh, am I going to go to church on Sunday or am I going to go do this or do that? Um, uh, but Paul is trying to help you to understand and help us to understand that every decision, every single decision that you make should be guided by God, guided by Jesus Christ. What kind of life would you be living if, if in the morning you said, okay, uh, God... Uh, lead me this day. What am I supposed to do? Would you go to work? Would you? Uh, wh- what kind of uh, things would you say to people as as you went about your day? Uh, who would you talk to in your free time uh, at lunch and uh, or uh, at the end of the of your work day? Uh, would you spend time going and and talking to your neighbors, talking to your friends about Jesus Christ? Would you go and and uh, make sure that you you, uh, did things to help people in your community and in your sphere of influence. Those kind of things are the things that that 
uh, the decisions that we need to leave up to Jesus Christ. We think that, that when we walk by faith and we allow Jesus to, to guide and direct us, we think about all these big things, grand things like going on a mission trip or whether or not we'll uh, change our career and change our life to become a preacher or a missionary or, or go and do things. Uh, uh, but it's uh, But what... We need to understand is is it's everyday decisions, everyday things. All of us can't be missionaries. All of us can't go out. You know, if we did that, none of us would live here. We'd all think that what that meant was we all had to go over to Africa or China or somewhere and and live our life to serve God over there doing that. But what you need to understand is is God needs you here. He needs you in your community. He needs you in your family, sharing with others, sharing with family members, sharing with friends, sharing with people that you work with, sharing with people that that live in your community and, and your neighbors around you. God needs you to be a missionary here to serve uh, Him by telling others about Jesus Christ in everyday life. And so, first we need to give our life completely, totally over to God, uh, over to Jesus Christ by allowing Him to live. Then walking in faith, allowing Jesus Christ to lead us in our life. And we need, thirdly, to understand this. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Thirdly, we need to understand uh, the significance of why we do this. We do this because Jesus loves us. He gave Himself for us. He gave His all for us. And so what does that mean? We need to what? We need to give our all to Him. Not just Sunday morning, not just Sunday night, not just every once in a while, not just on Mother's Day, not just at Christmas, not just at Easter, but we need to give our all to Jesus Christ. We need to give our all to Him. We need to give ourselves with total devotion because guess what? He gave Himself in total devotion to you. So you need to give yourself in total devotion to Jesus Christ in every aspect of your life. Would it be wrong to ask Jesus what you should, li- uh, what you should eat for breakfast each morning? No. Because that, that really determines what kind of a healthy lifestyle you live and how long you live. Would it be wrong to ask Jesus uh, and ask God what you should wear? No, because what you wear is how you present yourself to others and the impression that they have of you. Is it wrong to ask Jesus uh, should, uh, uh, what you should listen to as you drive in your car or what you should uh, do when you get to work or what you should do with, the, with your day? No, because each of those little decisions can have ramifications of whether or not you share your faith with someone else, whether or not you are there to help someone in a time of need, whether you're there to express the love of Jesus Christ. Every single thing in your life is wrapped, uh, should be wrapped up in how you live your life, living for Jesus, living for Him. And so that's what we need to understand today is how to live right, how to live our life. We ought to live not as ourselves, but as Jesus Christ living in us, serving Him.
living the kind of life. Uh, the really, you know, those little bracelets, the little uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, a lot of people started wearing them because it was the, the thing. And a lot of people started wearing them to remind them to ask those kind of questions when difficult decisions came up. But really, we ought to, li- uh, we ought to not ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We need to live our life like Jesus would. That's what we need to do. And that needs to be our motto. Not just simply ask ourselves occasionally, what would Jesus do? But in everything... How would Jesus live? We need to live like Jesus would live. Let's bow in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that You'd help us to live as You would live. That our life would be not just simply uh, every once in a while choosing to live for You, but in every aspect of our life to live for You, to live right by living as You would live. Lord, guide us in Your way. Lead us. Let our life be uh, ruled by Your Spirit within us. In Jesus' name.